0: Yes. For your breath Don't you acquiesce I want a real yes If you don't want to bang Let's stay up just to hang I want you into this So I give you sexy bliss And if you change your mind We can still have a really good time All I wanna do is touch your booty If that's right you. Consent is what I do Touch, touch, all I want to do is touch your booth, but that's right with you, consent is worth. Touch your baby. I will take a cold shower Then let's talk about girl power I just want to make you happy With those boobs, you may slap me Let's not rush this love connection This is deeper than my erection If you reject my male gaze I'll look away and feel ashamed All I wanna do is touch your boobs That's right with you Consent is what I do Before I touch All I want to do is touch your boob. If that's right with you Consent is what I do Before I touch, touch your boob. If yes means yes And no means no Then baby Let me finger-blast your soul all I wanna do is touch your boots If that's right with me Consent is what I do before I touch Touch a booze All I wanna do is touch your boots If that's right with me Consent is what I do before I touch yes yeah. to grab
1: And that was Boobs, an ode to consent, our latest single from yours truly WSEG make sure you're streaming that shit there is a link in the show notes that'll take you to your favorite streaming platform and you can listen to it at nauseum. run those numbers up baby cause uh daddy needs a new pair of shoes alright guys go stream that shit it comes out today it drops today and I- I- I'm proud of this song even though it's silly as shit but uh hey I believe in the message. It's all about the message, folks. All right, friends, on with the show. Hey, gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Corey Riemann of the Dilemma Band. Corey is a wonderfully talented human being from the East Coast. He's an East Coast cat, if you will. He is a, a very talented, and he also has like this deep, Uh, understanding and and wealth of information on rock and roll history which I I read these books about my rock and roll heroes but all that information dissipates and I feel like he's like a sponge and he just, it it just all soaks into his head and and I I just respect people who can make retain and maintain information in their brain I, i'm terrible at that i'm such a burnout it, it's it's just so sad but you can find cory at the dilemma com. t-h-e-d-i-l-e-m-m-a B-A-N-D.com The Dilemma Band is on tour right now So if you guys want to catch them They're going to be rolling around the East Coast here Uh, Let's see The first one coming up is tonight If you're listening to this on Friday, July 29, 2022 They're going to be at the Morristown Beach Club I don't know where that's at So... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, July 30th is a private event. Okay. Uh, July 31st, they are going to be at the Backyard Concert Series presented by Power of Music The End Zone in Whitestone, New York. Uh, August 5th, we're looking at uh, Simsbury, Connecticut at Farley Max. Let's see, oh, and that's going to be a Corey Reeman solo show, so don't don't miss that one. Uh, we got a private event on August 6th, so that's not for you, I guess. Uh, August 7th is the Rise Up Presents Sunset at, uh, Fest at Cannon Connecticut, or in, Can- at, at, in, whatever. <laughs> uh, also, let's see, the band will also be on August 11th at, in Parkville Market. Hartford. I'm just terrible at this, guys. Just go to their website. I'm I'm, I'm just ruining everything. So go check them out. They are a fantastic band. All the links are in the show notes, so go click around and follow your boy. Corey will be coming up here very shortly. But first, go to randomystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com, and go check out her latest EP. It is called The Moon. Yours truly produced a song on that ep it's called uh what is it called it's called put on your crown it's a very jaunty reggae song so go check it out it's a good time over there uh you can also check out her podcast that she just started that's on anchor and anywhere you get your podcast it's called the pretty people podcast it's fantastic she does a great job and uh she learned everything she knows from me so don't let anybody fool you no (laughs) she's honestly a fantastic at it she's also streaming on twitch twitch.tv slash go check her out she streams four days a week mondays through fridays 8 a.m to around 11 a.m just was in between those hours sometimes okay just whenever she decides to come on after she's meditating and opening her crown chakra I also wanted to give a big shout out for Grundy Palooza, which is going on in Seattle, Washington. So, if you're in the Seattle area, make sure to uh, hit me up if you want to come through to the Airbnb. We're going to be doing live performances there. We got uh, J Mo from Glowstick Willie, a Twitch partner. Uh, we got Liz Vega, who's another Twitch partner. Matt Suarez, another Twitch partner. Aaron Goldberg, Dree dream on uh, all twitch people and we're going to be on the front page of twitch on august 6th from i think what is it like 7 to 10 p.m pacific standard time so make sure you tune in and check us out it's going to be a front page stream with the twitch partner all stars including rain mystique and myself it's going to be a fucking great time So come on through. And if you're in Seattle, let me know. We might be able to get you into the Airbnb just to hang out. You can also find We Speak English Good on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash We Speak English Good. Go check us out. Come be a part of the live show. Like today, we have the Risky Biscuit Band. And I got to say, we also have a... New tune that's coming out, which you could find uh, uh, if you didn't hear at the top of the show. We got a new song called "Boobs," an ode to consent. If you want to come be a part of the live stream today at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be doing live performances of that. We also have the Risky Biscuit Band back on the show, who was on the show early on in in the twitch days the early twitch days of the show and um they are doing great they're twitch partners now they're killing it i'm in their chat right now they got like 150 people in there or something oh 120 people they're fucking just murdering the the scene right now so go ahead check out the risky biscuit band and they're at twitch.tv slash risky biscuit band just how it sounds uh so come be a part of the conversation come be a part of the show ask questions to the guests it's a good ass time we do the music news we do all that shit there so come come through won't you you can also support the show through our stream elements store we have hats beanies and t-shirts there uh, just go click on the link in the show notes and if you're a twitch subscriber on our channel you get a little discount so there you go so the more incentive to come over and subscribe to our twitch channel and if you just want to go check out our threadless store that's fine too we speak English englishgood.threadless.com support the show monetarily it's a big help to keep the lights on around here you can also support the show by liking subscribing and leaving a review you can like us on instagram tiktok uh, facebook um all the all the stuff we're even on snapchat but i don't go on that snapchat is garbage it is not the future let me tell you Um, you can, all the links are in the show notes, so go ahead and click around and follow your boy to stay up to date with what we're doing. We got, we got the discords too. We got discord. Don't don't think I I forgot. I'm almost 40, but I know what's hot, baby. I know what's hot. You can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. Follow us on Spotify you can also subscribe to us on our YouTube channel where you'll find all of our video versions of the podcast all our music news all our music videos all the stuff that is we speak English good or WSEG it's all there friends go get yourself some shit. Uh, what else we got we got uh, we, we got the, the review now this is a very easy and free way to support the show go leave a review on our Apple iTunes. Uh, give us a rating on on our spotify and and just show your support by doing that you can leave us a written comment we'll read it on the show or or not just a five star rating will do if you think we deserve it of course you can also write the show at we speak english good at gmail.com come on through it's a good time uh, i'd love to hear from you guys let us know what you think how can we improve the show how can we improve your life how can we be there for you <laughs> Anyways, that is about it. Let's get over to Corey Riemann again today on the show, uh, on the live stream. Come through for the Risky Biscuit Band, their Twitch partners, and for our single release party, Boobs, uh, an ode to, uh, to to consent, as you heard at the top of the show. It's a good song. It's 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 a fun song. It's jaunty and informative. <laughs> I know that's ridiculous, but I don't care. It's fun for me okay that is about it folks we'll be back on wednesday so make sure you tune in wednesday for the music news and uh and then next week we have another guest on friday so uh uh, and then i'll be in seattle so uh i'm going to try to be doing some podcasts while i'm in seattle i really want to talk to some of the folks that are there so let's see if we can make that happen and uh yeah that's it everybody put your hands together give a warm welcome to this week's guest Corey reeman and uh yeah let's go say hi let's go come on before we're going we're going over there let's 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 go everybody the train's leaving all right bye-bye see you on the other side A, a wide array of guitars. Around. Hold on, let me give you the full blast here. Look at that. That's all his guitars there. Oh, That's and th- all,
2: that ain't even all of them.
1: That's not I even have what's all of them. That's called a
2: problem. Oh, there's <laughs> at least fifty in this house, but mainly what I have is a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, is it a problem or is it a is it a collection?
2: I could have worse ones. Well, worse I, problems. Yeah, exactly. You could be
1: addicted to heroin. That d-
2: uh, absolutely absolutely <laughs> there they, that is i mean certainly not the alternative I'd, I'd like and therefore decent way to go decent way to go i
1: i would say having those guitars is is probably a healthy outlet for for it, because that because i feel like if you're not uh addicted or pursuing something that's uh, that that's not um you know adding to your creative process or adding to your life, then you're just going to end up going down like a, a dark road. Like you could be adi- like, cause, cause you're kind of addicted to shopping too. So like you could also be like shopping for clothes and just been massive debt for, because of clothes, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. There's that thought.
2: Yeah, no, that's, I, and again, I not that I don't empathize with the clothing issue as well. <laughs> I, <laughs> It's, you know, but again, yeah, my parents never had to worry about me growing up. I hate needles. They never had to worry about a tattoo or getting my ears pierced or, you know, taking smack. Like that was never in the, um, that was never in the equation or in the cards. I think they lucked out on that end. That Well, that's
1: good. That's great. I mean, fuck yeah, man. So, so you're a good kid. Yeah, we'll say that. Did did you get good grades and stuff? Did you get like, were you a good student? great test taker
2: who hated homework. Ah, so
1: you are just smart enough to not to I knew, know.
2: Yeah. I knew I knew I knew what I needed and I you don't need to give me a patronizing, you know, homework sheet to tell me, you know, this that or the other thing. I and you know, the irony was I was going to be a teacher, but I realized no, I hate the bureaucracy.
1: Yeah. I couldn't imagine being a teacher these s- days, man. The, being a teacher nowadays, especially here in the states, it's like Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Like it's 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 sad that teachers have become politicized. You know what I mean? Like they've become sort of this weapon that 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 can be sort of turned on people in certain situations, and 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 they really are just underpaid babysitters. That, Absolutely.
2: That it's just well, they are, they're being treat, they're being treated they're being treated such, but they're, real, they're they're not. That's right. the whole thing. They're incredible incredible human beings right now who are just trying to get through to become educators educators they're coming from different fields they're going into this because they care these people do care and yeah no if we continue to look at the education system as not and this is you you have caught me in a in rare form getting even mildly mildly outwardly political but no it, you know education should be the silver bullet in this country and we've got to figure out a way to improve it but we need to keep getting the you know the the strongest of the pack going in there yeah to you know be in these schools and to be in the education field and just because I didn't have the gall to deal with the bureaucracy of all of it doesn't mean that others shouldn't try uh, absolutely absolutely
1: it, it it's just a it's a sad it's just sad that you know what how we treat our teachers and how they are just you know how uh, how they're like looked at as as i don't know they're looked at as not really. I don't know it just just in a disrespective way and a very I don't know like just they're easy to write off and I don't it like to me it's they should be like you said they're the silver bullet of of our society they're the building stones they're 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 the foundation of what our our kids in the future are, are going to be and they're so underappreciated, and it's very, it's just a sad state of the situation. I mean, when you look at where America ranks on education, you know, we're the best. We, we, we claim we're number one, but, you know, what are we number one at? Obesity is like fucking yes. pollution. <laughs> we're definitely not number one in education. We're not even number one in the fucking internet, you know? Like, we don't even have good, 5G, it's a fucking lie. 5G is a lie in, in the United States. Here in South Korea, 5G is is real shit, but not here.
2: I don't know. Uh, no, yeah. My, my my grandmother, she was a third grade teacher. She actually she was one of the elite. She was the head of the teachers union during one of the largest teachers strikes that ever happened, the wow. Levittown, New York teachers teachers union strike. Uh, you no, know, she she was out in the front of the picket lines. She was you know calling people scabs. You know she was she was out there. You know. She, bless the woman she was crazy i lo- adored the woman <laughs> yeah, but she was crazy how was she crazy oh oh my god her nickname was screaming raymond she was you know <laughs> a- and <laughs> a- and bless the woman she was a third grade if she was teaching about anything her class went on a field trip so and there so this is Levittown, long island and uh, so you know if they were talking about you know the Statue of Liberty. Lo and behold, there would be the field trip to New York City. She used to take the kids to go see the rock, the Rockettes, the Christmas spectacular each year. Awesome. Um, Field trips to Philadelphia. Field trips to like you know, there was a place on Long Island called Safety Town, you know that that was about you know you know all the things about you know crossing the street the right way, yada yada. This that and the mm. other thing. I think Legoland, the New York Legoland, might be where that that is now. I don't quote me on that, mm. but that might be the case. Yeah. But you know, she was she was an absolute hooch. She was a she was a, absolutely ahead of her time, you know. Uh, but she was insane. <laughs> <laughs> she would dre- when they would go to the Statue of Liberty, she would dress up as the Statue of Liberty. Beautiful. She had all the, the the cockamamie outfits and everything. Like crazy <laughs> woman, she was a crazy woman. She like I, I think my father said there was a time. Um, she was on the news her and her teacher friends they dressed as the brooklyn bridge for like the 150th anniversary of the brooklyn bridge or something like that or the 100th anniversary or something oh, i don't know but she was she was a nut job but she was beloved by her students Oh, absolutely!
1: Yeah, she was absolutely beloved. You, yeah, that's it. That reminds me of my wife's mom. She's fucking out of her mind, but she is an excellent educator. She fucking kills it. But yeah, I don't know. It take. I think it does take a certain amount of. Well, I think it takes a certain amount of insanity to do anything good in this world. You know, like it just just to have the, the 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 fortitude and the gall to even. Sort of stand up and and do something you know different and do something interesting,
2: but my favorite favorite human being, favorite American ever, this guy right there, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, dude! His whole thing, Teddy. His, his whole thing. Do. You- you know, if you have the ability to do something good, do it. Yeah. You know, why can we not help both the employer and the employee at the same time? Let's have, you know, the the, the, the Bruce Springsteen mentality, you know, you know, we can, if everybody, you know, none of us have, are, can win if it, unless anyone, if it, unless everyone can win, yeah. like, you know, it's, and, and he went with it because this is a guy, you know, on the one hand, you know, came from absolute privilege, absolute, you know, the Roosevelt's were one of the most the wealthiest families in america Hmm. but at the same time born he barely survived the age of three he had crippling asthma he was the my other thing if you couldn't tell with the whole educator thing i I wanted to be if i was going to go in i was going to be a history teacher Hmm. (laughs) that was but i literally keep him on my desk i literally hmm. keep the that was a postcard he helped to um He helped end the Russo-Japanese War, the first American to ever win a Nobel Peace Prize. He decided to have a a luncheon, not a dinner, no chairs, no anything. That was his whole thing. No chairs. Everyone's going to stand and no one's leaving this room until we figure this out. (laughs) The Russian delegation, the Japanese delegation, they were all there. Sagamore Hill, Long Island in his living room. Wow. This happened.
1: No chairs. That's interesting. No one's going to be comfortable until we figure this shit out. (laughs)
2: seriously that was the thing he was never supposed to be the president either Hmm. he was the vice president the the republicans of new york said let's get him out of new york the vice presidency is the place where political careers go to die unless of course you know the president gets assassinated
1: yeah wasn't he like the mayor of new york as well or some or governor he was wasn't he he hated
2: he governor of New York. He was the police commissioner. Of police the city commissioner. Of New York. Yes,
1: but he was hated, right? Because he was actually oh, enforcing yeah. the law there, and
2: <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, we have these laws. you know, follow them." He got. He was hated by uh, the German and the Irish immigrants because he's like, "We have, even though the blue laws were stupid, they're like, we have blue laws. We're not going to be the taverns cannot be open." But these guys are like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> what are?" you no yeah, those
1: taverns stay open <laughs> <laughs> gotta yeah. have your booze
2: huh? yeah no there was a parade or something and he, they were they were um the, the german you know whatever whatever uh association of new york city was going by his apartment and they're like you know they're trying to call him out and he he yells from his balcony, and he's like it been here he barely could speak german but he and he's just like come at me i don't care <laughs> yes the dude was a pisser the dude was an absolute pisser the coolest the coolest man he discovered a part of a river that had never been discovered and he almost died doing it
1: uh was that in uh in in south america like when he was like and he was like in his like wasn't he in his 50s or something he was older when he did that yeah
2: he had just lost the bid for the presidency again. He had just been assassinated a year prior. Oh yeah,
1: and he went on with the speech anyways, right? He got yeah. shot. And- he speaks
2: for an hour, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if it's unaware to you at the moment, I had just been shot, and he you know shows his wound to everybody, and he keeps talking until he can't. He had a collapsed lung. <laughs> I've had a collapsed lung. I almost died from it. Jesus Christ! Like, and he kept talking for an hour.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he he definitely was. A, he was a hard ass, and, and and definitely just kept it going. Like, oh man, no, there there's no, there's no American leaders like that anymore. I don't think.
2: Where, where is the tenacity?
1: <laughs> For real, though. And,
2: and again, I I apologize to totally just tangentize, but that that's my problem. Like when when I'm with people, like so, the band when we're going from place to place, I'm super annoying to be with. I'm incredibly annoying to be with because we'll we'll pass something on the side of the road. Yeah. And I'll look something up and find something out. And I'll start playing core guide, uh, tour guide Corey. And <laughs> when we're in Boston, we play in Boston every single month. We're at a place called The Greatest Bar right on Friend Street across from the TD Garden. We're actually there this weekend. Oh, this Friday. Fair. There you go. If you're in Boston, and there you go, folks. 10 p.m. Come on down. Get it, get it in. Yankee Red Sox game at the best sports bar in the city of Boston. There it is. Like, why go down? There's the the whatever, whatever country concert going on at Fenway. Ugh, no, you know What go, watch the game. Yeah. And I'm not gonna. Obviously, I'm not uh, for my own safety. I'm not gonna specify my um allegiances, especially where I'm going to be playing because I don't I don't want to get crucified. Um, uh, but. So I'm gonna sit there really, really quietly, and try to not pay attention to the fact the game happened.
1: <laughs> so, so you're two well. I but that's I find that interesting. Like me and my wife will do that too. Like if we're traveling and we're driving, uh, I'll get on Wikipedia and find out. Like one night we were reading about how Ohio was a a uh, it was it was key in the in the Underground Railroad only in the fact mm-hmm. that they didn't want anything to do with it so they let people kind of pass through but they were still like fuck you we don't want anything to really do with it but but they but but they were like okay but you can come through but only because they just want problems they're just I, I live in ohio currently it's it's just it's a weird total story. apathy they're yes. just
2: like if you if their their thinking at this point is i guess like don't let it become a problem for me. And it's not a problem. Like, you know, yes,
1: like, that mentality stands.
2: Which, which, oh, oh God. But yes, yeah. that's a whole. Yeah.
1: Right. We had some questions from the chat that I forgot to get to, but are, are all those guitars yours? And yours? those are all mine. Yes. And then Raina wants to know which one's your favorite, which child is your
2: favorite child? Uh, Sophie's Choice, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but I, I have the quick answer. No, it's not the favorite. Let's. Here's the way I've always re, rephrased this question, reposed this. Which is the one, the house is on fire, which is the first one I go to run for? I'm
1: excited about this.
2: You know, the, of course, the most inconvenient tattoo in a fire, seeing is I am currently on a loft Um, I'm in a loft with a spiral staircase nonetheless so like totally if we're going for that you know being alive thing Um, but no this is my this is my baby this is my child this is my Gibson J45 Hmm. Um, it was I I had always seen the pictures of like Hank Williams playing one I had seen you know Jackson Brown and Bob Dylan like all these guys played Gibsons yeah. And the J45 used to have the nickname the Workhorse mm. because it's just that viable. It's the absolute most incredible. Yeah. It, and, it looks beautiful. It's, it, and it sounds as per- And again, I apologize. This board has never been good with picking up the sound. It's, it's perfect. It looks and sounds as good as it is. Yeah. It's, it, oh, my God. I love that thing. Absolutely love that thing. Yeah, I, I I thought that
1: you were gonna go for an electric, so it was it surprised me that you were gonna go that you went for the acoustic.
2: Yeah. And I guess maybe in the back of my head, subconscious wise, my the electric that's kind of the equivalent of that one in as far as my electrics go, is on the other side of the house. Hmm. Okay. So I guess it depends on which side of the house is the first one. We'll, <laughs> well make it convenient. But I'm really hoping and praying I'm in here because I mean I'm in my room.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like what what do I have access for? Yeah, I always thought about that too. It's like what would I go for? And I think I think at the end of the day I would go for my my <laughs> my Nord Stage Three because it's the most expensive piece of equipment I have. So I'm just like I'm going for the Stage Three. Fuck it, and it's light. I can get out with it, you know, so whatever. Uh, they say nobody puts Baby in the corner, but he did and will definitely save in a fire. That's right, Skittlefarts. You saw it. You saw it there first. Um, everybody, go ahead. And... As long
2: as I turn out better than Patrick Swayze, we're fine.
1: Oh, poor Swayze. Poor Swayze. Shh. He went out, he was, he was such a, he was, it's interesting how much my, my mom and like parents are, think that that dude was the sexiest dude ever. I mean, it's not that he wasn't, he was definitely a good looking he, dude. He, he
2: did outlast, uh, he did outlive um Jennifer Grey's nose though. <laughs> that movie's so fucked up. That movie is so fucked up because it's definitely like a
1: 35 year old man, like trying to hook up with a fucking like 15 year old and teach her how to
2: dance sexy. <laughs> Can we talk about Romeo and Juliet for a second and why are we, you know, why are we like, why have we praised this, this story about, you know, complete, you know, um, I, I think she's 14, he's 17 and there's a priest telling them to stop each other.
0: Mm, that's
2: like, nice. and we celebrate this. We celebrate this. We call this the greatest. They kill each other uh, themselves. Yeah. They kill Spoiler alert. If you didn't graduate <laughs> or get past freshman year of your high school. But. This is, we're calling this the greatest love story of all time. Two, teena- two teenagers who met each other three days prior who shtup each other and then kill themselves. <laughs>
1: Yeah, different like times, what? man. <laughs> it was different times. <laughs> no, no, it is weird. It's weird these stories that get glorified that uh, that are just uh, inappropriate uh, to say
2: the say the least. You know. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I love Shakespeare. I'm gonna. I, I'm a nerd. I understand this, but like he, uh, the fact that no one else had delved into psychology as deeply as he had. Like he wrote and put together some of the most evil, evil, terrible characters ever. Uh, Iago from uh, from Othello is the most evil villain, the most sinister and disgusting villain. And there's Judas in the New Testament. Yeah. Like, like this dude is sinister. <laughs> he... He, you know, it's not Romeo and Juliet where they kill themselves. He gets these people to kill themselves. There was that girl in Massachusetts a few years ago with who texted the the boy to kill himself because out of love for her. Oh. Like that—that that was a thing. That was like a thing. Like, look this up. It was in Massachusetts. There was this girl in the high school who, and she she's in jail now. It was it was a it was a precedent kind of case, but you know. Shakespeare writes this into a real thing. Shakespeare writes you – know, uh, he, he, this character is disgusting. You look at, like, Hamlet. There is some of the most disgusting and horrible things happening in it. But he wrote it so well.
1: <laughs> it, it sounds real pretty. <laughs> it it. Michelle Carter – uh, who encouraged her boyfriend to kill himself was released yep. from prison early. She was released. She was released. She was released early. Uh, this was 2020, January 23rd, 2020. The 23-year-old served 11 months of her 15-month sentence after she was convicted in involuntary manslaughter for Conrad Roy's death. Look at her. Yeah, she reminds. She has Amber Heard uh, vibes going on. Oh my there.
2: God! I was I was just thinking that she. <laughs> oh my God! No. <gasps> Yeah, she does. And what was the, 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 the hotel girl who, um, the, the woman who um faked she was an heiress?
1: Oh, the, the Netflix thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who that was. Someone knows who.
2: who. Yeah, you've got, it's a little hurdy. It's a little.
1: You think of that too, Corey Miller? It's Shakespeare. It's
2: a bank problem. It's a
1: <laughs> she, uh, what was it? I mean, honestly, there are people in jail for drugs and not killing people. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Skittle says, uh, that uh, people would offer their lives in the earlier times because they had shorter life expectancies. Perhaps, perhaps, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, that weird, weird things go on. P- humans are, are strange breed they're just we just we, we we've caused the most destruction we 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 can we can expound on love and 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 create life but we can be so cruel and horrible to each other and then we'd like to put it in our art and reflect on it, 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 it it's just it's weird is weird. <laughs> we're
2: weird oh <laughs> yeah we are a very 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 weird breed yeah it's a you know <sighs> You think, it's crazy how, in the scheme of, you know, time, how genuine humanity has existed for so, so little of it. Yet the amount of impact that has been caused, positive or negative, within that time, unlike any other time prior to it, things that took millions, billions of years, it, within within this 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 blink this <laughs> of yeah. history we've done this. It took sixty years for a man to go from you know aviation from the Wright brothers until we until we you know went to space
0: yeah
2: that's or the moon landing specifically right. I think it was like sixty six years. think about sixty six years to go from a thing made of you know fabric. A, a, a giant burlap bag in the sky to landing on the moon. <laughs>
1: yeah, man. Yeah, it, it's just moved so fast. It, it's moved so fast, and the technology that we're developing is, I feel like, moving faster than our meat brains can sort of handle. Um, have you seen the the pictures that are coming out of NASA from that uh, from that new uh, the new uh, incredible yeah these things if
2: there's ever a need the if anyone needed to you know and whatever you're doing and again i'm interested where these conversations be but if you needed the the proof in the existence of a god (laughs) (laughs) are you are you religious i i'm i'm a i'm interesting
1: (laughs) hey i i agree I'm, i'm having a great time right now that's a big space booty hole.
2: <laughs> that's that's no, but that it just just that's incredible. Well, that's, if, if it is, that that that's natural art.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and to and if anything, when you look at this, I mean, these are thousands of galaxies, right? Like these aren't stars. I mean, these big shiny things that are blinging out; those are stars. But like, these are all different galaxies that are 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 just exist out in the out in the universe. And I mean, if not a god, at least other life forms out there. I mean, something. Something's I mean, like, out like there. Like how
2: the the like the like like how like the the AA handbook. I'm not. I I, I don't. I'm not. I'm, I I partake in. in alcohol but i know the thing is uh, you know it, you um you know surrender yourself to to a higher power however you may view may view it that is the however you may view it
1: yeah i would say <laughs> that
2: is the that is the extension clause that is the however you might view this higher power that is it
1: yeah i think i think you're right i think you're right so so you you are religious you aren't you 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 have your own ideas you, you can talk about it if you want or not
2: I'm I'm a I'm very casually an an NJB. I don't know what that is. Very means. casual nice Jewish boy. Ah,
1: okay, nice. All right. Let's go. But you know. Oh, it, it's
2: um no, I, I eat bacon. I'm not like It's <laughs> like, not the best. I, I I know I know I know there I, I know there are people that are going to look at me a shanda 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 but whatever. Whatever. I'm a shame a shame a shame whatever. Whatever. <laughs> you no, know what? I i'm doing i'm, being, I'm doing right and trying not to be an asshole i think that's really ultimately what it comes down to however we believe in this that or the other thing is whatever if we can all get on the same the same you know line of uh, don't don't be a dick
1: yeah i think i think that's that's probably the best way to go about it yeah it's like i was and, raised and, catholic and, it's not really my thing anymore but like it's a club yeah
0: yeah you
2: no know and and you know what and it's, and I'm not going to say it's not important to me. That's, a, that's another, like, that's, that's the, the other side. It's a very, it is a crucially important thing. And again, I, I usually don't touch into it, but no, it's a, 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 not to get incredibly dark, but not all, my, my grandmother never met her grandparents. Uh. They, they, they escaped the camps in a, in a smokestack. Wow. Like, and as a re- as a result, that's that is a gen- it's a multi generational trauma to a degree. Absolutely. And so, do I know that there's something in the future that I I want that to be a part of my future and whatever that future lies? Absolutely. It- and it's not like it's it's not a burden kind of thing, but it's a it is a it's an important weight on my shoulders. I, I will say that. Yeah, it, it is crucial. I had my bar mitzvah. I want my kids to have a bar mitzvah. No, I I think,
1: That's... I, I think that I mean I used to be very much against like after I grew out of the whole uh, Catholic thing, I was like very much against religion. I'm like, oh, the horrors that religion has brought upon mankind, but it's also brought on a lot of amazing things as well. I mean, you know, I know there's I know there's a lot to be said about uh, on both sides of this issue, but there's you know, it's brought a kind of law and order you know not to sound like that kind of person but like a certain amount of order to to this chaos it's brought on uh you know uh, it's given people sort of a guiding light you know and and i don't know like i it's hard for me to say i, I think i float more on that whole like this is god right to me when
2: you use it the yeah it, it, to me when this you is use god. It the right way and you contextualize it the right mm. way it can be an incredible thing yeah if However, if people are going to use it for the wrong ways, I think there's nothing more more depraved. Yeah. Absolutely. When you abuse when people abuse it for their own personal personal gains, as opposed to using it as a a greater context or just a a guideline that can be questioned. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's set in stone. Nothing set in stone. Do things the right way and ultimately in the end. Be the best kind of person you can be. If you're in a circumstance to do the right thing, do the right thing. If you're in a circumstance to not do the wrong thing, don't do the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, and it's a shame that we, a lot more people can't get, get together on the similarities in the, that, that middle section of the Venn diagram, as opposed to the, two other circles kind of floating around. Yeah, absolutely. But, God, you're getting me fucking heavy today, Jesus Christ! Oh,
1: oh, sorry, man. It just it just happened. I wasn't planning this. <laughs> no. By the way, "Sweet Woman" is the new single you- <laughs> from Corey and uh, Corey Reeman Re- and the Dilemma Band, and I'm dropping a link in the show in the in the in the uh. Oh, that's not it. Uh, I'm dropping a link in the chat, y'all. Go and follow Corey. You can go to his website, and then there's the song whip for uh, for uh, for his new single, which is "Sweet Woman," and that'll take you to this page where you can you know go to your preferred streaming site and, and listen to the goddamn song. We'll listen to it a little bit later on the show here, so we can <laughs> we can do our thing. But yeah, man, no, it, it is uh, a. <laughs> Me and my son, we were watching these, uh, we watched a video and we were looking at these new pictures that are coming out. And, uh, you know, like, it's nice to be able to share in this, like, deep, profound sense of, of, uh, you know, like, we are just this speck in this ever-expanding universe. And uh, it's nice to sort of share that with my son and sort of put into context what, you know, like... It, it like we are a speck but we should value each day you know and 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 take in this beautiful uh this beautiful expanding universe around us it's just like an appreciation and i think that's sort of one of the things that religion does bring into it and, and i'm not a religious person but but i i do believe in the idea of being grateful and being yeah. and and you know and and showing thanks and and you know i don't know about prayer but like I, you know, prayer for me is like meditation or mantras and stuff. Well,
2: I was I was just about to say whether you call it prayer, whether you call it mantra. And I, you now in in high school, my friends and I we were we were dorks. We really, you know, we wanted we wanted to be the Beatles, we wanted to be the Rolling Stones, and we we tried, you know, way too hard on this stuff. And to a degree, though, I will thank our nerdiness because I, I, because big, I'm a big George Harrison fan. Oh, he's great. I love George Harrison. And through learning, I started getting into a little bit on the on the TM side and looking at the stuff that the Krishnas were doing. Now, trust me, there's some crazy stuff with those guys. There's some terrible things that some of the sects of the Krishnas have done. Yeah. But I think that's any kind of organization like that, you are going to find that. Yeah. But to the degree of the physical power of a mantra, whether or not it, you're going with the... The premise, whether or not you're believing in Krishna the Destroyer, or, or I mean Shiva the Destroyer, or you know Krishna and and as the power of the wor- the word of life, whether you're getting behind that, the physicality, even down to the pain in your jaw, there's something that comes from that repeated motion. It's why you feel good when you work out, when you do push-ups, when you swim in the pool. It's it's that same premise. It's that that repetition that's bringing about something. Yeah. It's a very heavy, heavy thing from something so simple as, you know, pronouncing certain words. Yeah.
1: Finding a mantra, finding something like even talking just positive to yourself, like because people spend so much time on shitting on themselves just in their own minds or or out loud. Uh, Just just having that like like I would meditate a lot. In the, in the steam room after a workout, I'd go into the steam room and I would just like push it hard in the steam room and meditate through that while saying, uh, what was it? I, I love myself so I can love other people. And because that was something that I had a hard time working on in my life is actually accepting myself and loving myself who I for who I am, uh, that was something I just said. And when I first started doing it, it felt stupid. It felt silly, but it, it's so amazing what the power of words can can do and and sort of help carve these new pathways in your brain that because because you can just sit there and tell yourself these things and eventually you'll believe it now that can be in terrible ways but it can also be in very positive ways as well so yeah the power of some sort of prayer some sort of gratitude some sort of uh, mantra it's a very very powerful powerful tool and and i think that's sort of something that's getting lost you know with the idea of religion being lost out of society and again i'm not religious like that but it's still like i see the i see the benefits of it and and so many people reject it because there are these few things that well a lot of things that happen that were negative that comes with religion but I think that we could take these 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 different parts of it and, and utilize. That's it. when
2: people spoil it. That's that, and that's yes. not religion itself. That's the right. That's the humanity of it. That's and it's going to happen. Any kind of organization, it's going to happen. People are going to ruin things. Ultimately, it's not the idea or the ideal. It's the person that's going to ruin it. Yeah, and yeah. and you know what? What it was, last, what was it last year when the sea shanties got popular for some unbeknownst reason to me what are the sea shanties so sea so sea shanties were like these for some reason everyone that stupid song the wellerman which isn't even actually a sea shanty but like last year on tiktok people started singing these like old like you know sailing songs oh
1: okay 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 like pirate songs yeah yeah yeah. and
2: for some like for some reason that got like super popular all of a sudden but here's the reason why those became a thing in the first place a sea shanty was used when you were doing different operations on a ship there was a certain beat it was whether it's you know a certain whether you're moving like a high sail low sail moving something that required some kind of repetition some kind of beat those songs were being used as for a practical application to move things smoothly and it's the same premise there you, you attach these words to something Mm. to allow you to just get through the job easier.
1: Mm. Yeah. Chain gangs and singing. Yeah. That's the working in the fields.
2: It's the same premise. It's working to a beat. It's finding a beat. Mm. And so you
1: think it got popular on TikTok because, because of why?
2: I don't know. I don't know why, but it's just the, the, with those in general, in general, Mm. the, I think it's funny, like these. Saw, the fact that they, I guess, they just they came popular again for, just, I got again reasons unbeknownst to me. But yeah. yeah, the whole purpose of them, as silly as they were, things. Yeah, like, what would you do with drunk and sailor? What do you do with drunk? And sailor? Like, there's a reason for those things. There's a beat to it. Notice mm. that it's a steady, steady beat. There's no change in the song. Right. <laughs> the beat stays the same. Yeah. Because it's some kind of operation.
1: It, it, Gene, Gene blames Assassin's Creed, so... There we go. He has, everybody has their opinions. Uh, no, it, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting though that you bring up TikTok and, and like what, what's sort of becoming popular with it and, and, um, and, and how music is sort of being changed. Like the consumption of music is being changed through TikTok and, um, there's a whole industry now where you can pay people to get people to get your music on a, a content creators page and they'll do a little dance to it. And that actually generates revenue because it generates stream for your music. Cause it's linked to, you know, the ASCAP or whatever. And, and so you do yeah. get, get some money off of it. So, but it's, it's just, it's really interesting. And, and um, have you seen like uh, are you familiar with uh, stranger things? And so with-
2: yeah, are you bringing up Kate Bush.
1: Kate Bush, Metallica, Metallica, so, is sort of doing all that. But go ahead.
2: So yeah, no. So with the, the Kate Bush thing, first of all, I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna do it because I know. I, I to make myself feel good, yeah, I'm a goddamn hipster. She's been nominated for the rock and roll Fame three times already, and no one gave a shit before. <laughs> no one did. I have voted for the woman three times now. Three years of el, Well, she's been eligible, first of all, for about as long as the, or 15 years at this point, maybe. Yeah. Close to 20. So all of a sudden, and again, I am so willing to be the hipster I am right now. Because you <laughs> know what? Yeah. Yeah. Know what? Why did it, why did it take so long, people? I heard her first on Peter Gabriel's "Don't Give Up." I heard that voice. Looked up Wuthering Heights. Blew my f- mind. Yeah, I lost my mind. So it's you know what? I'm happy everyone's finally on the page. I'm finally happy y'all got along with it. But you know what? Here in the states, she was never huge. She was almost as big as Madonna in the UK.
1: Really, I didn't know. I didn't we even fr- know that.
2: And that's yeah. She was a huge star in the UK. She she had number one hits. Hmm. She was you know okay probably closer to like a Cyndi Lauper. Okay, but she was gigantic, and it was before Madonna or Cyndi Lauper. This was in the seventies.
1: Yeah. No, going back and listen to her music because because I mean honestly I didn't know about her until I heard her on Stranger Things. I'm just like holy oh, shit, what is this? <laughs> and, and then I went and listened to her albums. That's and, so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, man. It, it, it's interesting now that uh, that that these like Stranger Things and and they can bring these songs back and and now they're charting like Kate Bush is charting in the U S. and it was number one again in, uh yeah in in the U K. Um, it but so she was nominated for Rock and Roll Hall
2: of Fame and never got in. Yeah, she's been nominated three times yet. Sorry. Carly Simon had one huge song. The biggest thing that she did to music was that she almost ruined James Taylor's life during their marriage. <laughs> Congratulations Carly Simon. I honestly no, I've read you some You want to talk her... about you're so vain. Yeah. yeah. Yo, I've,
1: I've 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 heard parts of her book. And fucking, I am just not impressed with that human being, like, it, like as a person either. And and because she comes from a uh, Simon and Schuster, right? She comes from the the publishing yep. uh, company. Her father was in that Simon and Schuster, so she grew up just absolutely filthy rich. She's just damn it, Yoko. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> I wouldn't say Yoko, but maybe, maybe Yoko. I don't know. But yeah, so yeah. ways in Carly?
2: Simon could sing.
1: No, she has her thing. I'm not. I'm not hating them. That much. Well, that's
2: the difference between her and Yoko. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. She could at least sing.
1: <laughs> that's just so funny seeing her like just going off. Did you
2: spend? Did you spend the eight hours watching the Peter Jackson documentary?
1: I did not. No, no. Do
2: it. Wait, it, it do, do it. Okay. All right. For it's eight, it's eight of the best hours you like. You, I don't know in history if we've as far as rock and rolls gone anyone's ever been given such a such a comprehensive look inside of the biggest stars in the world Hmm. like to see the creative process of a band put to its absolute test these guys can't stand each other yeah they cannot they can barely be in the same room with each other they haven't written songs together in years this process they'd recorded in the studio Uh, john comes in to do his part paul comes in to do his part ringo lays down the drums first george complains that his songs aren't being put on the album this is the process with the beatles and they're like you know what they pretty much know if this isn't the end it's the beginning of it they're like let's do a tv special and we'll record an entire album for this tv special it'll be great let's bring in the guy you know i forget the 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 director but he's he's a he's really annoying actually but got a terrible annoying voice and he's um he's managed to, he also is the guy that filmed the altamont festival so between breaking up the beatles and you know you know the deaths at altamont we can blame this guy i think so they get these cameras in and they try recording in just a soundstage recording an album bringing in the stuff from abbey road Like literally getting the Apple And the Parlophone stuff over The EMI stuff And they're not feeling it They move into the Apple record headquarters And they start recording the album That would become Let It Be Ultimately They're like okay let's not do a TV special That's going to be too much we can barely stand each other, no TV special. What if we do a live performance somewhere crazy? Let's go to Mount Everest. Are you stupid now? Um, let's go, I don't know, Stonehenge. Uh, eh, logistics don't work. Eventually, they end up on on the roof. That's how they ended up playing that last show on the roof. They're like, We have four days. Um, I don't know, play on the Roof and not tell anybody, and it was pretty badass. This is like mildly punk rock for the moment, for sure. Like, they don't tell the police they don't tell anyone that anything's going on and they have a bunch of curmudgeony old you know anglos who are on either side of their thing trying to get them to stop with the the raucous and the loud music so you know the the, the cops the bobbies they show up they show up looking all prim and proper noise complaints improper and the the secretary at apple she is like she's a queen absolute queen she is just handling this you guys want tea do you want anything to drink you know. Know, i'll get someone who's in charge don't worry can i get you anything for the meanwhile no we just need the person in charge all right and she you know she's distracting them as the beatles are you know playing and recording they are recording this whole show just like the entire recording process and i don't know how they were able to put up it. and there were times they they couldn't george leaves george leaves he is like fuck you fuck you you're cool but fuck all of y'all yeah um he, he goes through that Ringo, I love you, but you two need to just get your shit together. <laughs> and he he leaves, and they're like, "This is a problem." And you get to you get to hear that they didn't allow cameras on this one, but the the film crew put in a um a secret camera in a flower um, flower vase to listen to John and Paul kind of having a really deep heart to heart, like, "What have we become? What? How did we piss off George?" Like. <sighs> Each and for the first time, you know, John and Paul had egos. Hmm. Yeah. But it's both of them admitting their own wrongs for the first time. Hmm. Wow. So worthwhile. Watch it. Okay. You want to get into the heart of people. And just it's it blew my mind.
1: Is that on that HP- all of this existed? Is that on HBO? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Okay. All right. All right. I'm fucking with it. I'm fucking with it. Um, eight of the
2: best hours you all have ever spent.
1: <laughs> so is it an eight part series or is it like a, three? Oh, okay. So it's just it's just these long fucking day. dude. That that's wild, man. It's like being in the room.
2: Yeah. yeah. And the lighting, the way it was edited, the way the film was restored. It's to look not like you're watching a film, but as though you are in that room.
1: Carnagina um, wants to know what it's called. Um, get Back. Get Back. I saw that it came out. That, that that came out earlier this year or was that last year?
2: Yeah, it came out on uh, Thanksgiving.
1: Okay, so... La- so technically last year. Last year. Okay, yeah. I saw that that came out. I just never gave it a, a thought. It, it's been hard for me to get into, like, rockumentaries anymore, man. Like, I'm just, like 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 reading a whole different ball game. Well, you're the way you're explaining it it sounds fucking amazing, but like I've read like different, you know, rock stars uh biographies and stuff like Keith Richards and and fucking which which is pretty good. Wait, oh, do you
2: do you, do you, do you, do you by chance mean life by keith like Richards.
1: <laughs> yes that one. yes that it, it's good man i i love the struggle parts to me like the best part is the struggle and then after that it's just all like french riviera and fucking models and drugs and shit and it's like well, well <laughs> yeah now that whole exile on
2: main street bullshit but what's the best is story in there the best story is the story of the time that um charlie watts so Mick is just about—he's ready to leave the band. He is ready to start a solo career in the '80s, very early '80s. I'm Mick Jagger. I can do this. Yeah. Um, and he's belligerent and drunk, and he's with Keith, and Keith's like, hey, "You should you know, calm down, mate." And Keith Richards speak, and Mick is Mick is trashed. He calls up to Charlie Watts's room. Where okay. the fuck is my drummer charlie watts gets dressed uh, wakes up proceeds to put on a three-piece suit goes down goes down there in a hotel in paris or something walks all the way down again gets fully dressed finds mick and punches him into the Seine river and says don't you fucking forget my fucking singer
1: <laughs> that's a great story yeah that is a great story. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, a three-piece suit on top of that. Like he really had to like get dressed. He was really thinking about it too. I mean, that gives you time to think. You're fucking putting on your your slacks. You're buttoning up each button. You know, you, you gotta.
2: That's real shit. The Beatles are my favorite band in the world. But if you told, if your argument is that the Rolling Stones is the greatest rock and roll band of all time, you're not wrong. You're sure. allowed to say it, and there's no arguing it because you know what. Just the sheer Charlie Watts alone. Charlie Watts alone.
0: Yeah.
2: And and that time that Keith Richards, you know, took his uh, Telecaster because some guy was about to stab Mick Jagger on stage. (laughs) Happened live. It's like on YouTube. Like this whole, like the whole thing, like that he saved him. He takes his his guitar and smacks it over the guy's head because security couldn't do it. Like security could not do it. Oh. I was clearly before I was ever a musician itself. I was a fan of rock and roll. I listened to records. I have th- I literally have thousands of them. I love rock and roll history. I love this stuff that comes from it. It made me want to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, stuff
2: like this. Yeah. But,
1: but it's interesting. That it, I mean, it, it seems like you don't live that lifestyle. It, it seems. No, like
2: No, <laughs> these guys did it already. <laughs> fair enough and you know what they were breaking new ground with it you know what there was a time in the world for keith moon and for for joe walsh to perform room trash and destroy holiday inns and you know throw tvs out windows and swimming pools but they did that already yeah i mean it, they are it, it is
1: sort of it is sort of passe now to like
2: yeah <laughs> and, and like i at the time it made sense because you know what you're only in the first second generation of like true what we know is rock and roll and beyond just being rock and roll is the devil's music like we're like we're you're just fresh you're fresh out of that even in the 70s and not that it's justifiable what those guys were doing and the amount of damage they caused but there was something almost like a you're not going to pay attention. Watch this. Yeah. Watch this. And I don't condone it. I think it's stupid. Vandalism is stupid. Yeah. It's, it's useless. Vandal. I get it. You can, you can make a great point Do this, that it, but it's useless because it's going to get washed away or you damaged something that shouldn't have been damaged. And it, it it's a, it's not a victimless crime when everybody's the victim. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, what what are you really doing? You're just like fucking up someone's, you know, their bottom line. You're just making someone have to come in and fix shit, and it's like, it's ridiculous, man. How good is it gonna do? Um, you know what's interesting is, you know, you brought up Joe Walsh's stuff, and um, uh, this just came out to, to, to yesterday, but um. Oh, pull you over here. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame curator charged over one million dollars worth of stolen Eagles lyrics, and he was a curator of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Craig in disgusting. <laughs> Craig in Ciardi, Glenn and and Edward Kolinsky or Kosinski, I can't read shit, are all accused of being involved in a conspiracy that sought to peddle nearly a one hundred pages of Don Henley's handwritten notes and lyrics from Hotel California and Life in the Fast Lane to potential buyers. So there's three men who decided that they were gonna go out and <laughs> and fucking and one of them was the curator of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's just like, God damn it. These people have nothing better to do or they don't
2: get paid yeah. enough money. Like I and don't. And these people, like there's a lot of stuff in the hall that's owned by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that's donated or borrowed by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they have a large warehouse of people who like loan them stuff because they can't hold on to it. And these artifacts are considered and deemed too important to just let go. And to abuse that. Because I get the people who are like, oh, there are people who are like, what's what's this like idol worship bullshit like you're you're like sticking a bunch of outfits in a, a hall but you know what that means a lot more to a lot of people like the losers like me are the guys who stay at the rock and roll hall of fame for three days in a row yeah. looking at every artifact in every detail and trying to find something that they said wrong yeah like those things are important those are the things that change lives
1: Uh, So, uh, Henley has been trying to recover the manuscripts for years after the documents were allegedly stolen in the 70s by an unnamed biographer who pawned them off to Horowitz in 2005, according to officials. Horowitz allegedly brought uh, in Ciardi and Kosinski into the fold and the trio began working to sell out the documents to various auction houses, including Sotheby's and Christie's, as well as trying to coerce Henley into buying back the property that rightfully belonged to him. So he had this shit stolen from him and then someone bought it, the, 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 the whoever is name, Horowitz bought it. Uh, and then, but and so apparently Horowitz, he's a part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so they weren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he bought these and he knew they were stolen,
2: I'm guessing. And that's, which is a, yeah, to possess possession of no, knowingly stolen merchandise.
1: The DA's office began investigating the matter shortly after, uh, shortly before founding member Glenn Fry's death in January 2016, claiming that Horowitz hatched a plan to claim the documents had belonged to Fry, making the criminal investigation against the men fall apart. He allegedly wrote in an email that identifying, identifying Fry as the source would make this go away once and for all. In addition to all three men being charged with one count of conspiracy in fourth degree, which carries up to four years of prison, Horowitz faces a first-degree charge for attempting criminal possession of stolen property and two counts of hindering prosecution. Wow. Uh, there you go. So it's
2: disgusting. First of all, to to say that, you know, that's, that's implicating that, you know, Glenn Fry was doing something criminal, first of all. So mm-hmm. this is a dead man who you're now kind of, you know, saying was a piece of your... Your criminal scheme, and again, to abuse what that that organization is supposed to be doing, truly, truly, to do that, you are you're you're, you're abusing your power. Your abu- these documents do belong. Because you know what you there's not enough room in the Library of Congress for each and one each one of these manuscripts, and they're just as important as some of the garbage that's sitting in the library of congress you no know, not for nothing i can pay if i wrote a one piece pay, paper i could have it that gets published i can pay to have it put into the library of congress right and that's like a genuine thing yeah yeah it, but these documents belong somewhere and these organiz- that organization as corrupt and stupid as the choices that they make are and lots of them are and i don't like them it's it's you know what? it's like being a Catholic and complaining about the Vatican. <laughs> I'm still um, Catholic. Yeah. I'm complaining about it though. Right. Right. It's, that that's me in the Rock Hall. Yeah. Not I mean, to say that Jan Werner is some kind of you know Pope-like figure, but. Just saying that he's an asshole but that's a whole other story
0: <laughs>
1: hey man but but you're right man like the the things that yes, are we the- have the
2: rolling stone interview right there
1: <laughs> well we or article right there we it's i mean it is a place of, of worship in, in a sense though you know it really is i mean it is the 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 fact that there is a place where people can kind of go and be in the presence of of greatness i mean that's a that's like you said in a literal pyramid. Yeah, in a literal <laughs> pyramid. It's
2: literally in a pyramid. <laughs>
1: have you been to it? Have you been to Cleveland?
2: I have uh, a few times. It's okay. it's incredible. Yeah, I. There, it's all it's awe inspiring.
1: Yeah, it's really cool, man. Cleveland's a great city. Yeah, it's fun. It, it, it used to be kind of shitty. It was like cool. The mistake it was on shitty. the lake. It was mistake on the lake. Yes. <laughs>
2: no, Cleveland But in the is last cool. like ten years, yes. they have
1: absolutely you know that
2: casino they put that casino in all the stadiums are right there the the aquarium the rock hall are all in within walking distance of each other great city great city yeah
1: definitely over the years it's been it, it, it's come up a lot and uh like when i used to play there back in like the early 2000s and stuff it was garbage but but in, in these <sighs> Yeah. It, but but the, I mean, because it was kind of cool, like when they got the flats in there, but that with the shit. And that's when I was like starting to play in Cleveland and and, and, and like, you know, things were going bad. And then I know after like the 2008 uh, when 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 the whole financial collapse happened, like that's when a lot of cities took a shit. But uh, I feel like a lot of cities have have come up. Uh in the before the pandemic, of course, I feel like a lot of cities were sort of coming up in their in their art and their uh their music scenes, their art scenes. There there was a lot of momentum building. And I, I don't
2: Detroit's if, getting cool again.
1: It's <laughs> all right. It's all right. The the Motown the Motown Museum is fucking cool. Uh but no, I mean as a music scene, yeah. Detroit's always carried heavy hitters, but they always move out, man. They always sort of like piss off to it east of West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Detroit is definitely has something going on up there, but I almost moved to Detroit because I was in uh, Southern California for 13 years before I I'm moved. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. I fucking loved Southern California. I loved San Diego. It, it was a fucking blast. Okay. I, I you know what?
2: I recant my statement, San Diego. It's, it's the. I can't stand LA. LA's awful. I'm going to get crazy diversified but yeah. i'm a new york boy
0: yeah i am
2: i my parents are both from long island they you know i'm i literally i've actually so i'm the only one in the family you know i'm an islanders fan hmm. i am you know which again i am a glutton for punishment and understand that um but i can't do la i can go i feel out of place did you ever see that movie annie hall yes the woody allen movie yes classic that when he goes when he goes to la That's me. Yeah, that's me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't fit in there. I get, I don't feel good. Yeah. Um. No, there is a feeling.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a whole feeling. Like, and I would always feel that every time we would go up to play in in Los Angeles. As soon as we hit up like Orange County, it starts in Orange County, and then as soon as you hit LA County, it, it's over. Like you feel it, like the whatever whatever fault line nonsense that's underneath it, or whatever the vibe is, the the hive mind. Bad of fucking, juju. Just yeah, it's all there, man. And and as soon as we'd get back down into into the into San Diego, it, like there was like a, a feeling of relief, like oh, like oh my, God, I can breathe again, and it, it, I can do. something. You know, like I can live my life, my brain can function properly. I've lived in I lived in, in L.A. for like two months, and I had to go. It just I couldn't deal with it's, it. Man. It's terrible.
2: No, there's no public transportation, and you know, on top of that, the gas costs are disgusting. So it's yes. like, okay, so you're gonna starve, or you're gonna be you know isolated, and you're gonna starve from not being able to like you know go to the grocery store. Which by the way, where are you gonna find that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You have to. You there's
1: no. It's not the walkability is dog shit. It's not. It's not a walkable place. And That's what's so awesome about New York is like you have that ability to get Everywhere. around. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, no, but yeah, the L.A. the L.A. vibe is not cool. But yeah, man, the, the the art scenes around the country have been. I felt like we're coming up before the pandemic. You know, even L.A. as as uh, before I left. There was the scene seemed to be getting strong again, at least like the the that that uh, that scene where musicians are supporting musicians, people are supporting the actual music, people are going out to see music, people are supporting music. Now, I, I mean, I've been I've been out since the pandemic, so I'm not really even in it right now. It's just whatever, I'm doing my thing. But you've been out. You've been out there doing it. How how are the crowds? Uh, the crowds
2: are coming back. So last um last weekend we were at uh, the Watkins Glen International for the 25th annual um the uh the Finger Lakes Wine Festival and there were 10,000 people there. That's awesome. That was a crowd of 10,000 people. That's that's incredible. And we've got we've got a bunch of residencies. My band the Dilemma band, we've got um, we play every month in Boston at the Greatest Bar, which is right on Friend Street. Mm. It's um, it's your, like next to the TD Garden. It's the hottest sports bar in Boston. Each night, each time we play there, there's a few hundred people there. We're on the Bike and Beer Tour. We do, we do that. We're at different craft breweries across the country almost every weekend. And with that, there's a thousand people at each of those shows. Live music is coming back. People want it. Yeah. I can imagine people are craving it again.
1: I can imagine being sort of pent up for a couple of years and then, you know, opening the floodgates. It's going, it's happening um, with like the rising cost of everything and gas and stuff. Are you doing a lot of travel gigs? I mean, Oh
2: yeah. Hey, you know what? They still go on. You don't care. You know what? You have a gig, you show up, you go, you know what? We've, yeah. been, we've been, we, we have our, our hub up in like a, we New York. Um, Because I mean, it's the last outpost of like civilization and humanity for a (laughs) while there. Um, But we've been playing a ton upstate in Pennsylvania a lot, Maryland, Baltimore. We've been in Baltimore a few times in the last few months. Hmm. It's it's been pretty fun. We're going down. um, Got some more in Jersey. You know, we're we're all over the place. You know what? You can still find hotel rooms. It's not crazy. There's available, there is availability. It's Sometimes it's pretty tight. Like Boston, I know there's only one room available if you want to come. Again, you want to come this Friday night, you know the, great, the greatest bar, the Indigo Hotel, has one room left. Let's go. Um, and no, but the people, are, and I think everyone took music for granted so much prior to the pandemic that this time around everyone's sort of saying, no, we can't do that again. And I'm noticing there's venues that used to have music that it's almost a good thing they're not going back to it and they're allowing places that really should have beforehand handle that. Mm. And as much as I loved some of these restaurants, as much as I loved, you know, some of these gigs at some of these places, it wasn't the move anymore because it wasn't conducive for good work for the musicians or the bars or these things. And again, I I don't remember the last time we genuinely played in a bar. It's been a bit, but it was getting dull. Yeah. And I think the pandemic was almost a good thing in a weird way. Yeah, there's a refresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I could see that. I
1: could see that. Like th- that that same thing happened here. I'm, I'm in a city called Toledo, Ohio, and um, you know, like before the pandemic, there was you could work. You could work as a musician here, which to me was. Was a huge surprise, especially coming from San Diego. San Diego was a destination spot, and I was like a hired gun, so I was just out playing with, you know, you're playing, you're paying, I'm playing, and you know, it had to get by. San Diego was expensive, but when I got back here, I was really surprised that there was a there was a a, 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 a live music scene the where you could work. And now was it now is the live music scene popping off with like awesome original bands and and like original music Eh, not really there's not a whole lot of people there's not a whole lot of choices or venues that facilitate that but what i am seeing now is that you know for a while there they weren't paying like they could but people were working throughout the whole pandemic and um oh and that's that whole like (laughs) that whole apathetic sort of uh mentality that uh that ohio has is where we didn't give a shit in the pandemic we were back and, at I, and
2: a... I will say to a degree we we did keep working yeah. i won't say that we didn't but we figured out how to make how to make it safe and at first you know what i was playing solo sc- hmm. solo shows behind a screen behind a behind like a curtain putting my sound outside of it and just I was like the boy in the plastic bubble. I was, <laughs> wow. was John Travolta. It was great. That's so but, cool. Um, but you made it work. And, and yeah, and then you know what? Once the outdoors shows started happening, we're set we are set up. Our, we have the ability to play in a tiny room to setting up sound for a festival. And that's wow. not an over exaggeration because we've we've done it. Wow. We've we've run festival sound for a couple things. And, and so we were ready to do things outside. We were ready to play at some of these venues. And that, as a result, we never stopped. Hmm. We kept we started up our own web show that kept going throughout the pandemic and it kept interest and people clicking. I was like, you know what? It'd be so fun to do something kind of like this. Hmm. It was fun. And every Monday, Delay Monday. It's right from the band's page. Delay Monday. And <laughs> and from there, you know, we had something to keep going. And I that got syndicated to a radio station. And from there, we kept getting more gigs and kept, and we played, you know what? We knew we were going to have to play weddings. We were going to have to play parties. You know what? You got damn good at it. Yeah. We found out, and I will say that even, music, artistically speaking, they were still satisfying because we weren't going to do the traditional your cha-cha slide part two weddings and the electric side, yada, yada, yada. We wanted the people who are weird. And even before the pandemic, the weddings that we've played, so they've ranged from the, Dinosaur Hall Peabody Museum in New Haven, which is literally rattling bones. Very cool, <laughs> wild time. Um, there was a um, nautical nautical theme with um, Disney undertones. Um, lesbian wedding that we played, uh, where I um, where they wanted us to play Love Shack and um, shout, and it was the greatest moment of my life. Um, it was a wonderful time um, to a, oh, a, a swinger pig farm wedding. You heard that right. A <laughs> swinger wedding on a fucking pig farm.
1: Let's go. Hell yeah. A swinger. How Why it...
2: have a wedding? I don't know. Well, you know. Like, it seems.
1: Well, like, what was that like? What was that? What was it? I mean,
2: did it? I mean, please. Let us... I got to know. So. So these guys owned a pig farm and it was huge, huge. And it wasn't just pigs. There was all sorts of livestock. They had fields. They were growing things, uh, I, probably growing other things too, coming to think about it. Oh, um, and this was everything, like I want you to take in your mind, like that that Rorschach test, that original like, what's the first thing that comes to your head when I say swing your wedding on a pig farm? You already have ninety percent of what you need to know. Um, PBR, <laughs> cool, cooler, coolers of it, coolers of it. Um, the the guy who was doing the wedding, which I am an ordained minister. This was before that point, though. Oh, um, nice. the, This guy he he runs a church for people who are um a uh, sorority community bikers for former drinker bikers. Okay, so sober bikers. He was the guy. There was no one there not drinking that. <laughs> um, there was, you know, the food was great. It's like, you know, str- you know, farm to table. Hey. Like from the farm to the table. Like it was very good, but again, it was, you know, it was pig that was <laughs> Yeah. There. Um and I um, there's some wonderful wedding attire. Um, this was this was interesting. Um, there were wallets. This was everything I want you to picture, because it was. <laughs> we played a wedding like that out in Vermont too. It was a gorgeous piece of real estate. Yeah, like was- middle of nowhere, Vermont. And there's a huge valley overlooking. We're on top of this clip. And they they were doing fireworks later that night. And now, again, this is you know there's can't we're talking camo we're, we're in that we're in that deep northern part of vermont where it's like how who would have thought that there's rednecks up here <laughs> because it's vermont right but like you know
1: yeah I, I think of fish ben and jerry's like that yeah not just but yeah, the,
2: yeah no these are these are liberals with mullets <laughs> and i like that these are these are guys who were in the NRA for the original purposes of the NRA, like the, the, when they were still like actually like, hey, let's not shoot people. Hey, let's actually know how to use your weapon. Hey, let's you know, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's keep America safe as opposed to that. But I'm not going to go there because Republicans buy sneakers too. Hey. That was always Michael Jordan's thing. Michael Jordan Michael Jordan said Republicans buy sneakers too. They do. So, so but yeah. So they're doing fireworks. Now, have you ever seen fireworks go off at eye level? Like, like kind of fireworks, not like, yeah, not like I'm going over the border to New Hampshire to go, you know, smuggle fireworks, fireworks that like you do in your driveway. No, this is so they're at the bottom of the valley. They set the fireworks from going and they're coming up over the like the gorge kind of thing that we're standing on like at. Eye level, <laughs> right at you. That is a whole different perspective. Yeah. When you see the because you you think of them, they look so flat, right? No, that's an ex- it's a bomb. Yeah. It's a bomb.
1: It's fucking bomb. Bl- it's, it's literally a bomb yes. exploding.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like in various directions. Like this is crazy. We've played some weird shows.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, but those weird shows. I feel like that that like it helps define you as a musician. It helps yeah. it, 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 it it like it, it gives you that fortitude, it gives you that uh that tenacity to 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 keep going and and it, it builds character shit, man. You you got to love those knowing, fucking
2: crazy gigs. Knowing you can play for everybody mm. and that there's something there you can provide a great time for anyone who's there is the best feeling in the world. When you can get everybody from everything. Yeah. Wanting to, yeah, we, uh, deep plague, deep, deep, deep plague. There was, a, um, there was a backyard party that the band, like the singer and a few of the members got COVID. So this was extremely last minute. Oh. Now what we didn't know we were walking into, uh, I think these guys were Colombian, the pair, this, the, the woman's parents and everything, her whole family were coming and they, they were not, they usually not rock people mm-hmm. that was like they're like we're, so we're a little a little nervous the thing we gotta tell you so they're so I think they were Colombian so yeah so they're usually used to like you know dance You can you guys get people dancing I'm like yeah <laughs> and she was she was nervous she was skeptical yeah grandma grandpa dancing like they would be and, and when we were done we, th- we had a set a playlist ready to go for stuff um they would want while we were breaking down but it's as though the music what they we were playing the stuff they wanted the whole time because you know what gotta they danced yeah i love that yeah Uh, uh, dancing is gone in this society and it's sad
1: yeah casual dancing yeah, I agree, man. A lot of people are they, they just sit or on their phone or whatever the situation is. But I, I love that story that Malcolm Gladwell talks about about the Beatles and how they had to go where they were younger and they were playing. wasn't in Germany where they went. Oh, uh, Hamburg, yeah. And and they like that's how they learned to sort of get their groove, and that's where he was calling the ten thousand hours thing. But he, he, they, they were able to perfect their their musicianship and themselves as a band by by playing this fucking crazy nightclub and having to
2: play. five shows a day yeah and, and, and they were doing five shows a day you had to they bring people in they were <laughs> yeah. no, like, like seriously the club owners would feed them would feed them uppers oh well, god bless to, them. Keep, to just keep them going and keep them going and keep them going and there there's some crazy stories uh, the other Beatles witnessed um, the losing of George Harrison's virginity. Ooh. They were there because they were sleeping behind... The, their room was behind a curtain at a movie theater. <laughs> they, the, they were playing at a place called... It was the, um, the Kaiser Killer. That was the name of the first club they were at. And at the Kaiser Killer, the stage was gross. So this other band, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes, and the Quarrymen, or maybe recently the Silver Beatles... Or the beat, maybe the Beatles at this point, maybe, are playing a, a double headliner. By the way, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes have a drummer named Richard Starkey, who they'll later get it. Will later get friendly with the Beatles there when he mm. changes to his stage name Ringo Starr. Hey, but there the the stage was gross. It was splintering. This wasn't safe. <laughs> so, Rory Storm and the Beatles they hatch a pl- plan together. Everyone should play the most ridiculous show of their lives, jump around everything and get the stage to break. Because if the stage breaks, then they have to fix it. <laughs> That's a good... <laughs> and they, they put... That was such a, a story... Imp- the story had enough impact that it made it, I believe, into one of the first Beatle movies that were made, the biographical films. I think it was hmm. Backbeat. Hmm they they include this, this sequence and that was a real story that this mm. club's stage was so gross and so decrepit they're like and, and they wouldn't do anything these club owners want to spend as little money as possible mm-hmm. and it's surprising they're still club owners who want like if you're a club having a band you should have a PA I agree with that I'm with you there if you want to be able to have music you should be able to have music and you know what? I get it. You you can't some places you can't have a designated just spot just for music where you don't have tables. I get that. I'm cool with that. You know what? Someone's going to be eating dinner sometimes. You know what? You start 15 minutes late. You do what you need to do. Yeah. But if you're not prepared sound wise, GT fuck out. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, no, I I um I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. That uh, that that uh, club owners should, if they want music, have their own sound. Uh, I mean, whatever on whatever level that sound is, you know, like because sometimes you'll walk into a situation and the sound is just garbage. But at least it's it's at least it's present. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no, know, I I fucking that's part of the, the reason why I don't like playing gigs a lot anymore either is because it's hauling all this shit around and and i'm, I'm getting older man my my, my back hurts fucking i i'm sick of getting home at like two three in the morning and then bringing my shit in because the biting snow is gonna ruin my equipment and you know the whole thing man it, you you seem like a young guy you still got you guys you got some spunk left in you how old are you if you don't mind asking me asking
2: so in October I will be turning that horrible, horrible rock and roll age of twenty seven.
1: Hey, but you're not a horrible drug addict, so you're okay.
2: Yeah, no. So that's that's always a positive. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not on smack. That's yeah. a that's a the big plus there.
1: Yeah, it helps. It helps. So where where are you at? Are you, you're in
2: Connecticut? That's where you're at. I I absolutely am. I am in the home of George Michael, John Mayer, and MGMT. But, what? The, the home of John Mayer, Michael Bolton, MGMT. Oh, yes, that's where they're great, from. That's where they're from. Okay, yes, okay. Yes, sir. See, that's about the only things that have come from Connecticut. Um, uh, and drug addiction, other, other than pre- pretent- pretension. Pretension. Um, uh, the 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 foul looks of everybody else in the nation. Oh, you're from Connecticut. Oh. It it is. We're not all yeah. Gre- we're, we're not all Greenwich. I, <laughs> I, I, let it be Nate to be stated we're not all from greenwich and mystic pizza sucks <laughs> Just throw those like get get those things just immediately out of the way uh, on the connecticut stereotypes just,
1: you know. oh, i've been to hartford before it's, i'm sorry yeah it was okay it was okay i, I definitely a- went and scored drugs in some weird alley that was that was like the highlight of being there but <laughs> that was that was it that was it, uh, but no. Wait, wait, there's this really cool club that I went to and saw. I can't remember their name. Maybe Wolf Creek or that something. Post place. Uh, it's in. Rhode you o- saw Max Creek at Max Creek at the Living Room Lounge. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. Is that um, what? I- it's in. It's in.
2: Is Providence in Rhode Island? That's yeah. Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. Okay. Max it- Creek, very good. They were like they were one of the like, kind of they were they were a band following the dead. Yeah. Like they weren't deadheads, they were actually a band that, and they opened for them quite a few times. Like that you still have a, you have like some people who are still just as devoted deadheads are to the dead in this area to Max Creek.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how it was. That was the whole vibe. That's what I love about it. We got a band like that here in Ohio called Acoustic Hookah, who are very much in that same vein. And, you know, people traveled around with them and, yeah, Max Creek, and they had Mike Gordon uh, showed up and from played. S- yeah, from Fish, they showed up yeah. and played. <laughs> he was such a dick, dude. He was awful. Like he, like there's not really a place to go in that venue. I don't even know if it exists anymore. But there's not really anywhere to go backstage. So he, it was all there was it was one of those barrier fences, and he w- had literally just had his back to people, and people were trying to talk to him, and he was talking to the band. People were trying to talk to him, and he ignored everybody. And he's just I'm like, not a fish guy. I like Never fish. Too They're cool. They're, I, was, I, know. Uh, I, I was, like the I dead was, more, but, but fish, is, I, fish uh, is cool.
2: That was, that was always, I'm, I am a dead guy. I, yeah. I went to my sixth show two weeks ago. Yeah. How was there? That was, so that was the night that his dad had the heart attack. Oh, no shit. Or unless it happened. So he, he must've had the heart attack during the show. Oh. He was. But they were on. Like the next day's show got canceled. Uh that night though, this was a phenom. The set list out of this world. Set two especially. Oh my god! But set one even, like yeah, Cassidy was the set ender. It was fiery, fiery. Yeah. Jeff and Jeff and John between the keys and the guitar, they were just on. They were killing that. Et- they were killing the end of the set there. It was phenomenal. Come in with Jack Straw oh. going through. Like, this was. You know, this was like a, a, a. They they knew what they were doing that night. They knew that it was the day after. It was July fifth. It was the day after okay. the fourth of July. Um. So set one. The music never stopped as the opener. Liberty. They love each other. Loser. Alabama getaway. Ico Ico. High time. Cassidy as the ender. Set two. Jack Straw. Scarlet Pimpernel. Viola Lee Blues. Fire on the mountain. The other one. Drums. Er, um. Drum space. Uh, the the wheel, the other one reprised black Peter and they end it with sugar magnolia Dang, like, you, let's you, go you can't ask for a better set you <laughs> cannot ask for a
1: better set nice man that that's dope that's dope yeah fucking it oh man those guys have been I love that they've just been doing it for all these years man I, I did a yeah. I, I did a west coast tour with them back when uh, there was a time when joan osborne was was traveling with them Um doing uh oh shit donna's parts and it it just fucking the whole thing was just amazing man just the vibe the people shakedown street i was selling fucking three two beer in fucking colorado it was it was it was was insane but yeah man i I fucking you gotta give it up to those guys it's just years and years of fucking just just grueling touring and
0: it's what killed jerry
2: (laughs) it really was man he 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 knew how much it wasn't just him. How much he was, how many people's livelihoods depended on them being on the road. Yeah, and that stress, that pressure, is what caused him to relapse. It's what caused him to end up in the coma, and ultimately killed him. The, yeah. the responsibility of all of it. Yeah, and they tried by the by eighty nine. Things were getting out of hand. Mm. Ninety, ninety one. Then there was that Deer Creek incident, and everything changed. What what everything happened in Deer changed. Creek? I can't remember. So Deer Creek, there was a show that. too many people were going without tickets people and they they busted down the gates Hmm. and there was two by fours flying there were cops getting attacked and the dead eventually they put out this letter and even jerry who never like they used to try doing like these almost psa's to the deadheads hey you know if you don't have a ticket you know uh, they had never been against it they had never been against the miracle tickets but they're like if you don't have a ticket do not show up if you're coming here just to you know just have it, you know, just get wasted. Don't come. We don't want you. You, you've lost, you you know, we're not going to be able to keep doing this stuff if you guys keep acting like this. And they, this was weird. The dead never turned, and they never turned on their fans. They were telling them, get your shit together. Right. You know, we already have a hard enough time being who we are doing what we're doing for you guys. It's hurting us. And I think the, the concert industry had a, a change at that moment because even if the Grateful Dead can't keep their subculture going, the most devout fans in the world, things ch- changed and now we're in the era of the twenty dollar beer at at a dead show. Yeah, <laughs> we have entered the only water you can get is and I'm not dissing on it by any means, but the um the Liquid Death, the like, canned water, began. very good. It's it, it's carbonated at the same. Um, rate as a beer would be that's the it was made for singers
0: mm. Yeah, but
2: that's it's depraved to me that that's the only water that's available and there it's nine dollars a can
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no it's terrible that, that's it, dangerous it is. It is, man. It is. It, it, things have gotten really, really wild, like for concerts, and uh, to the point where I'm not even really. I mean, I want to see some of these bands, but I'm just not that interested in going as much anymore. I mean, again, you're a young man. You got you got years of concert going to go to. So I, you know, but this is me. I'm an old man. I'm getting up there. I'm I'm I'm, I'm almost forty. Okay, I'm almost forty. Bullshit. I, I swear to God, almost forty. Uh, really. At, yeah, man, I I I told you I toured with the Dead in two thousand three. What are,
2: what 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 are you using? That's my question. That's the thing. I it's, I, I know this is your interview, but what are you using? That's I, I, I just, moisturize my face.
1: I, I moisturize my face after I get out of the shower, and I'm half Mexican, so. Brown, you know, I got a little brown going on here. So that helps. It helps. Brown is
2: beautiful. Brown is beautiful.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. No, man, it, it, it's a weird time for fucking music. But I, I, I dig that the, 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 the next generation is out there doing it, doing it big, fucking still touring, still keeping the rock and roll spirit alive. Uh I, I'm, I'm interested in what you're – so I, I know before the show you were sort of saying that the the iteration of the band that was in uh one of the videos is different uh do you, are you the are you the primary writer and do you do you sort of hire people as you go it's kind of
2: yeah so that and that was all that was always the thing i was the one who had the vision i was the one who you know that was the dilemma was my band mm-hmm. and for a while there was there was some stuff and we tried tried some things out we tried you know different configurations and ultimately in the end though I have a vision here and it's not to come off as pretentious it's not to come off as anything but know what sometimes you've got to you've got to take the step and say you know what I know what my vision needs Mm. and there are things that I didn't want to compromise and on the one hand I you know through changing my methodology you know what it is Corey Riemann and the dilemma band that is it's not the dilemma. It's not. It is Corey Riemann and the dilemma band. Right. Because I went years trying to, you know, give in to this, and I'm like, no, what? That's not going to be it. And I, from this point on, I'm like, no, what? I'm going to be with guys who know what the deal is, know what this is. I'm not going to. There's no more compromising on it. I know what needs to get done. I know, I know who I need to be with, and through that, through the change of the mentality, I've now found the guys who are. Loyal bandmates. I found the guys who really do, actually want to be there. I'm not getting used anymore. Mm. How are you getting used? There's a, there's a lot of um, when you're leading something. I, you know, I always try to make sure we're doing things as well. We're not just going to the place, sleeping and leaving. So with that stuff, there's, I'm not asking loyalty, but I'm asking like, you know what, come with us, hang out with us, do those things, act like a band. If you want it to be a band and be the dilemma, why are you not, you know, not coming for it? It's like, and people stop playing certain shows unless it makes them enough, makes them enough. Or it's like, you know, they only do this and that. And eventually I took tallies on this. I was like, you know what, this is kind of BS. You're showing up when it's convenient for you but you won't come to practice you're you know doing this that, or the other thing and it's great for you. it's like you know what I have guys who want who have been dying to play I'm like you know what I'm not going to keep them on the side anymore
0: yeah
2: and it sucks when you when other people bring friendship into it um, and affect friendships that didn't need to get unaffected but you know what I'm also not going to sit around sit sin ash uh, you know mm. sin um you know sackcloth and ashes and mourn over people not being there I'm gonna keep going I had someone who was upset that I was not more upset that someone was leaving and'm like I'm like it's not that I'm not upset it's but you no know what I can't just sit around and stagnate and just wait to die right you know yeah no for sure. those people are gonna go off and do other things too so it's like why should I sit and be miserable you know what I have a fucking great song that just came out sweet woman know what I wanted to put it out I sat around for years because know what other people didn't necessarily want to play it in the group know what boom coming out you know during the pandemic we put out the one song fix you up I'd had that a while and know what there were things about it that I really didn't like gonna be honest I love the song it's one of my favorites that I wrote but know what there are things I wish I was doing this now Hmm. I wish I was with rise up at the time because you know what? I think Alex Cooper has an incredible vision for what he's doing. I think he has a great idea about what's going on. And had I had the sport of that, I think things would have been better. Hmm. And you know what? I like that I'm being given the ability to have my vision go the way that it is. Yeah. And it's great. I have a solid rhythm section that's that are the guys that play with me all the time. Michael Linosa on the drums and Jack Tucker on the bass. And Jack's kind of like our our maestro. He, you know, sometimes if I'm like trying to get something explained, he's the man to do it. He mm. can figure that stuff out. And in the studio, coming through, you know, he's a master with arrangements and whatnot. Mm, and then nice. we've got a couple really great guitarists who kind of play with us, including uh, Brother Dave from Long Island. He, this guy, he plays ten shows a week. <sighs> Yeah, that's the shit. Yeah, he's a working and, musician. And he doesn't sleep. <laughs> like, so he came. We actually finally got some time to actually, like, rehearse, rehearse with him. Because mm. he's from Long Island. So it's it's kind of a haul. But we had a show that got rescheduled. And I was like, you know what? Dave, still come. We'll Get photos. We'll do, we'll do that. So we stopped practicing probably around midnight. Wow. He didn't go to sleep until five. And I heard uh, I went down at one point. He's practicing to a metronome on his acoustic, running scales to the metronome. And then he's practicing on the pedal steel with headphones in. Like, he's insane. We've got Derek O'Connor as well from OK in the Night Crew and his solo stuff. And he's amazing. He's a great friend. He's an incredible friend. And getting to have him play guitar, you know, we're we're very much the true rock and roll, rock and roll. You know, I wear him with the leather jacket. He wears the denim and it's bless Paul's and Marshall's blaring. And he's that guy. when I want that, he's there. Oh, I like- got Dan- Danny, Rylert, who played with Toto, who he loves the precision. He loves. Toto man. He played with Linda Ronstadt. Wow. He played with, you know, that scene, Steven Stills, all the guys in Crosby, Stills and Nash, like, he knew he was playing with those guys and he likes rain. He likes things a certain way. And that's good for me because I'm kind of out there and insane. And it's not that he reels me in, but he makes my insanity tight. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun getting to play with the different guys. And I like the ability to have, I like my steady rhythm section. I like the fact that those guys are my boys and no matter where I am, you're going to catch the three of us at least. Right. I like I like the flexibility of having those different guitarists cuz mm-hmm. each show does have a different feel and yeah. it doesn't get boring and it doesn't you know everybody has their own fingerprint
1: right right yeah that's cool man the the the, the idea of having your um having your Vision come to life, and and I know what that feeling is too. Where it's like you you want to work with people that want to be there. You don't want to work with people who are just treating the band like a paycheck. You want people who are gonna actually put their input in and, and be there for rehearsals. It's like, but it, it's tough, man. It's really tough. To, it's a tough uh, position to be in to try to keep people together try to keep attitudes in check try to keep fucking you know mm. keep keep uh keep people fucking tight keep the band tight uh it, it's 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 a lot to take on it, it really is are you a full-time musician or do you have a day job
2: so during, during the day i i get the opportunity to work with my dad oh we sell, so again i wanted to be a teacher and i get to still work in schools so i get to i sell your books by day oh no shit that's awesome and it's kind of fun watching how one thing kind of was one was kind of the supple- supplement income of the other and it's kind of switching around that's great where that's that's becoming more and more of the right and it's not that I don't care about it it's mm. quite the opposite I I I love, I love what I get to do I get to do design stuff technology stuff I'm working you know I get to do demos in schools I get to you know work with advisors and I'm finding out I get to you know Get to know about the printing and the publishing industry, and it's a whole—it's a different kind of publishing than I'm used to. But you know what? I love, love being able to be in it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Utilizing different skills, building different skill sets. What? Where, where are you? Where Morgana says that you're going to be in her neck of the woods in October, uh, and I think she's in Maryland. Are you playing Maryland soon in October, or Maryland yeah. in October?
2: So okay. So to to her question, yeah, on the. Yeah, we are at um uh, Maryland beer. We in- oh,
1: it's the tri- tri- Triogs Brewery. Oh, Trog's. Oh, uh, by um
2: in um, Hershey.
1: Her Oh, yeah. in Pennsylvania. Okay.
2: Yeah, so so Tro- Trog's um Hershey. So what you would do, you go to the Bison Beer website, and you can go- you can Google that. We actually have a code if you want to do just the um just the after party i think the code is literally dilemma mm-hmm. and you get like i think 10 15 bucks off of the ticket and it's a great experience you get a you get a glass you get um two drink tickets and you get to you know experience you know the, the craft industry the craft brew industry is and it is one of the most american industries there is you've you know you're you're seeing every little bit of each piece of America every beer is going to taste different I've got my beer fridge down on the other side there and it's I've tried to save a, at least one or two from each place I have a glass from each of these places we're playing and it's it's wild each place tastes different it goes down to the water it goes down to what's being put in there yeah Lancaster is better Lancaster's very good we were we were at the um we were recently play- playing in Hershey We were at um, uh, the Anglewood um, And that's an amazing facility The stage there was phenomenal Yeah, there was over, I think, yeah, over a thousand Or I think there was a thousand people there that day That was, in each of these events Yeah, you get a thousand people showing up It's wild yeah. But that was the only one that's been inside Because they have a real stage stage mm-hmm. And it was also A hundred degrees outside So like God uh... oh. God damn
1: that shit sucks, dude. Like th- that's the only thing. Okay, so I see. So that's not too far from Baltimore. Or or, or Yeah, um, so that's I see. I see. I see. No He's, one thinks about how
2: huge Pennsylvania. Oh is. my god, it's fucking was ridiculous. Pe- we were in it, like Watkins Glen, you know. You're right on the border there, that mm-hmm. Pennsylvania border, and we went to a um a a the most incredible barbecue place. Callier's Hmm. in, um, I want to say it's, uh, I've got the name of the town. I got the name of the town Um, in um, Sayre. So, Callier's Barbecue Pit in Sayre, Pennsylvania. Let's go. Like, I think one of the things I love about the whole touring thing is the discovery, the organic discovery of places like that. Yeah. Literally right over the border in Pennsylvania. Like, oh, that looks good like yeah. it's one of those places that you know just from looking at it yeah, you know sure. could use you know either the just painted place that looks like it hadn't been painted in 30 years or the hasn't been painted in 30 years and you know you, you know that vibe's a long driveway <laughs> you got the dirt it's the dirt dirt gravel driveway you yeah. go in there and you smell it and it's like oh
0: yeah man
1: oh yeah that i I do miss that about tour man is just sort of pulling up in different spots and and finding cool places to eat finding cool things to do it's like i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's the best part of traveling is just like going and and that's the best part of touring as well it's like you're getting sort of paid to go and travel and meet people and to do different things man and, and and experience life to the fucking fullest. I mean, you are. It, 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 it's interesting how people f- think that musicians are lazy and like I don't know. They've never been on a, a tour before. It's like it's not just you know. It's yeah. it's not just driving. So
2: yeah, it, you're you And I hate and I hate like when I when I'm talking to people, they're like, "Oh my god, it sounds so fun and so cool." It's like on the one hand, it's like, "Do I do I?" It depends on what mood I'm in, how yeah. the show went, for sure. How tired I am afterward. It's like because there are days I just want to be like. You don't know the half of it. You don't know the other side that goes into it. You don't yeah. know that you're sitting in a hotel. You'll you'll be in a hotel room barely able to sleep, and then when you finally get a, you're finally able to sleep. You have to get up because it's seven o'clock, and your show's at 11, 11 a.m. And you're, you know, and there's not that side. People don't talk, mm. talk about that. People don't talk. You're sharing a room with somebody. You're you know, and you're dealing with all your you know your problems while dealing with someone else's problems. You're not that there's problems. Yeah, always.
1: But no, but people but but, but moods
2: but yeah, change people, people have to go on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, you you fucking you're dealing with shit and especially if you're dr- driving all fucking day and then you have to just go straight to the thing, straight to the gig and go right to stage. I mean, that's that's rough too. Um Morgano for the event at Trog's uh, brewery in October, do people have to participate in the bike ride thing or can they just come watch the band play?
2: So yeah, you can just sign up for just the after party. The race after party. And yeah, you'd go on their website. Um, so they'll buy a ticket, and I think there's ju- yeah, the just the after party. Mm, okay,
1: there you go. Morgan. Available. Um, well, we're 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 getting to our two hour mark here, buddy, and I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I'm sure you're a busy man with a busy plan. But um, uh, again, everybody, sweet woman is out now, and and should we listen to the song? Should we should we pop it? I up? Would-
2: I would love to. Hey, another listens, another listen. I'm here
1: for it. <laughs> We're gonna go for it. All right. So I'm gonna. So when,
2: I, when I see that, when I see the spec on the analytics,
1: Ohio. There you go. You'll you'll know. You know what. You'll know what happened. Uh, what the fuck? Oh, I just did. Sorry, Morgana. I didn't mean to reply to you like that. I was just. I got confused. Ah. Very aggra- Very very
2: aggressively. Look at the song. Look at the song.
1: <laughs> All right, everybody. Here, I'll switch over so you guys can sort of see. The artwork, too, because that's nice. So here we go. We're going to here. Look, at it. I'm going to I'm going to love the song. I followed the band. And uh, it, so this is your only song that's out. Uh, so as, on as yeah, on, Corey
2: Reeman and the Dilemma Band, because, yeah, you can find our old stuff. The Dilemma Band.
1: OK, so it's just the dilemma. OK, so I see. I see. So. All right. Uh, let's listen to this. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to mute myself. And we'll listen to this song and then we'll we'll come back and we'll wrap up. And uh, yeah, let's do it.
2: Oh, sweet woman, can I tell you what is wrong? Make the sad song. Love in the heat of the night
1: That was a uh, sweet woman by Corey Riemann and the Dilemma Band. Everybody, I hope y'all you all enjoyed that. You. Uh, Gosh. I know I did, yeah. That, that is a different vibe, Mighty Mighty. Thank you so much for those biddies. You're, you're too
0: kind. Uh,
1: thank you so much, Mighty Mighty, for those 500 biddies. You're the best. Um, so. I heard a lot of stuff going on in there and it is such a uh, uh, it's it's a different change especially from that other tune that uh, that has that uh, dancey, punk not punk but pop rock sort of I almost got rapture vibes from it but the uh, fix fix you up you uh so is is I didn't know that the dilemma band had, a different whole catalog, so I didn't get to listen to all that. All I had, all I had was "Fix You Up." So, is that other catalog much more in that vein? And then now you're going in this direction. I mean, because even your solo stuff is more in this direction as well, of like just singer songwriter so, type stuff.
2: I think it's always kind of coexisted. And if you look, our our debut album "Land Ho," that has a you have a range on there of. Of music, some of the more sonically um, intense stuff that's similar in the vein of "Fix You Up" is there. And again, that song had been around since I was in high school. I wrote that in high school. I wrote "Sweet mm. Woman" in high school. Oh, okay. Um, and a few of those songs were written around the same time. And then there's some stuff that's more, in, yeah, in the vein of the "Sweet Woman" kind of thing. There's it's a it's an indie album. It mm-hmm. it has I hate I hate 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 ever trying to. Put someone as an acoustic artist or, a, or, a, or an electric artist or a song as an acoustic song versus an electric song. I think a song is going to manifest. It shouldn't be defined by the tools that are used for them. But just as much as we don't say that, you know, a song is a Strat song versus a Les Paul song. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, I, I
1: I dig it, man, and I definitely got the sense that uh, like I, I definitely am hearing like that old school like seventies, you know, f- f- folk rock sort of vibe going on as well. Like I can tell you're a, a a student of the of of the old school classic rock, which now classic rock is fucking a Nirvana, but you know whatever. <laughs> but that says
2: that 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 always makes me wonder. I'm like. When does the when do you get to expand the 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 timeline of a genre? <laughs> yeah, when like, what's that cutoff? son? because <laughs> like, isn't that just dad rock then? Like, yeah. <laughs> or, like, I'm fine with call like at this point, I'm fine with calling Nirvana dad rock, but I don't know if I can call it classic rock. I don't know, man. I think classic rock ho- holds in one space in time. And then yeah. classic rock, you're going from the late '60s into the into t- '89. Yeah, we can go with that. I'm, Because, and yeah, I I know Nirvana's first release, they they released Bleach in 89 and everyone can get with me, but like, and yeah, I know that the Chili Peppers, technically their first album was 89, Mm. but like, again, I don't think you can call them classic rock to me it's dad rock it's the music of dads yeah. i mean call
1: it what call it, call it what you will it still makes me feel old as fuck because i was jamming that shit when i was like in my young days so like i was like what the fuck because there's a there's a there's a classic rock channel here that's like classic rock it's been that way for for many many years and, uh, I was here, you know, I'm here at Steppenwolf and then Led Zeppelin and then here comes Which fucking, classic
2: rock. but then you hear Pearl Jam and I'm like, what the, oh. what
1: what, you, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah,
2: like, but, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not classic rock. That's dad rock. We'll Let's, go with no, rock. I, no one should be ashamed. No one. Uh, uh, so, and, um, uh, um, who did it? Um, classic someone made a very, rock. very, a very good, um, description of dad rock video um but pretty much it's the it's the music that gives off a vibe of major paternal energy everything let's say like um pitchfork pitchforks who did the video Mm. okay and um pretty much everything from like you know your simon and garfunkel your steely dan yeah your fleetwood mac to like you know yes and the grateful dead and eric clapton and then even, yeah, eventually you've got stuff like Nirvana and um, Bon Vare is even kind of to a degree becoming dad rock. Like, it's the music of paternity. <sighs> you, and you, you have some bands that kind of can walk the line of both dad rock and mom rock, like Chicago and Fleetwood Mac. But there's something very, there is an air of paternity yeah. to some of these bands. Like it's something different than classic rock, I think it it's kind of one of those square to rectangle things. Every you know, um, squares a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square. Hmm. I think all classic rock has the potential to be dad rock, but not all dad rock is classic rock.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It it. I I mean, like, but but that with that sentiment, I feel like every next generation is going to be like, that's, that's dad, that's dad rock or that's dad EDM. You know what I mean? Like when these, when these, when your guys' generation is moving up in the world and getting older, you know, these, these newer bands that are out now and and like Doja Cat is, is mom, mom pop, you know, like that's, that's mom (laughs) dance music. It's like, eventually it's all just turns into, you know, what our parents used to listen to.
2: Maybe. Well, yeah, and I think what's um, I I think what's fun funny with it, a lot of uh, music um. Is defined by when it came by when it came out. We have eras. We have the classical era. We have mm. the romantic era. We have the baroque era. Yeah. We have the rock and roll era, mm. or whatnot. Now we get into this weird place, when the era stops it, when when the era stops, but you're still making this music because someone who writes um compositional music today for an orchestra what what kind of music are you inclined to call that no classical Classical. yeah but it's not right it's it was composed this week (laughs) and and as and with that i think dad rock should be the one that moves Mm. classic rock this is the classic era of rock and roll this is the Classic era of this. I think classic rock should be defined by its, yeah, by the time dad rock should be of the genre, the 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 the, the air of it, the, mm. the the vibe.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 down with that. I mean, I, I'm only bitching because I'm old as fuck. So you know, <laughs> that's that's the only reason why I'm bitching about. It. But yeah, man, it's uh, each generation. I, I, I don't know, man. Are you into, are you into, uh, are you into uh, well, who, who, okay. So who's your, who's your big, who's your, who's your big uh, person? Like your, your main influence, like as a guitarist and songwriter, who, who do you think, who is your person
2: Nor this, band? This breaks, down, this breaks down to a few. This is bad. Well, oh, no, so, I know it's easy. I know that's a, it's a hard song, uh, a hard so, question. Okay. The Beatles made me love music. Bruce Springsteen made me want to go on stage. Pete Townsend made me pick up a guitar. Okay fair enough uh, and there've been plenty of other moments that are just like the the groundbreaking moments hmm. this first time you hear something right? The first time you witness this it's but though if i had to use you just and then david bowie bowie's awesome david bowie i was the i was the weirdo in high school who listened to bowie and lou reed and the velvet underground and the new york dolls i was i was a punk Hey. I loved my folk rock, which was weird. I was the I wasn't defined by one genre or the other because I was just as much into my Neil Young Neil Young was the other guy on the guitar that kind of and I will almost say his dichotomy, the way that whole thing that I hate the acoustic electric thing, hmm. he was willing to be able to be and was able to be both simultaneously i always loved that about him i admired yeah. that about him his songs were the ones i was playing the most when i was in high school probably mm.
1: yeah he was able but to sort of switch it. back and forth right without anybody sort of being like what the fuck like when when bob dylan stepped out with electric guitar and people were booing it's like mm-hmm. neil young could sort of traverse between two worlds and it was just always a part of what he was
2: yeah yeah because he was the most the most intense when he was on the electric, but he also the intimacy of his, of him on the acoustic. And there were albums where he would be doing both, like the album Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. That's um, mm-hmm. Cinnamon Girl um, Down by the River. But you also have a bunch of the acoustic ballads. Um, after the Gold Rush, the title track, he's on the piano. That really set. Ironically, the first song I ever learned on guitar was a song on the piano, and and it was that song. But you have that. That song's there. But you also have Fucking Harvest
1: um, Moon, man. Like,
2: Jesus y- Christ. Yeah. You hit Harvest Moon. And then but then you also have um Alabama and um, um Southern Man on there. Yeah. You have this. Yeah. You've got a big jump there. He did it. He knew how to do it. Harvest is just as electric as it is acoustic. Yeah. yeah. Heart of Gold is on the same album as um no, that's not Cowgirl in the Sand. That's also on um Everyone Knows This Is Nowhere. Hmm. Um but and, uh, the this long electric jam. Like he, he could do those. He could do these sweet pop acoustic songs, but then also have the elaborate, extended improvisational. Yeah. Melt your sonic, face. Shit.
0: Just, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, he was cool. Yeah. Neil so, Young, man, give it up for Neil Young. He, he, <laughs> Now that not taking a political sense, but like he he uh, you know like he when he was doing all that like I'm taking my music off of Spotify thing, I think he put it ended up putting it back on. Uh, I think Spotify ended up or Crosby, another. Stills, and
2: Nash ended up putting oh, their stuff. Was back. that who
1: it was? Okay, so they there's yeah, three of them.
2: Ended, yeah, just,
1: he's um. Yeah, fuck our scruples. We need that money, <laughs> which is not that much money. But I think Neil Young. What is it was a Neil Young. He 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 sold his whole catalog recently. I think. So
2: he's one of the. I know Bob Dylan sold his for three hundred million. Yeah, it was a absurd amount of money. Like, but not really. It's really not. No. It's his catalog wasn't just his songs. His catalog, um, um. It, it, it was his and the band and a few other people. Yeah. No, it, it it's
1: it's a weird time with music. I, I I know a lot of people are upset about that, and they're like, it's like you're selling your legacy short with all that. But may, are they? I don't know. No, you're
2: preserving it because yeah. know what? Those companies now have to keep that stuff going. Mm. You, you need to because they've put the investment in. Right. So yeah, the Beach Boys. Uh, Beach Boy stuff got sold. Bruce Springsteen sold sold his stuff. I'm sorry if Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen are both comfortable with selling their catalogs.
1: Yeah, well, there's who, something to be said. Who 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 is anyone to say anything? Man, I could talk about this shit all day, but I, I'm gonna let you go, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And no uh, problem.
2: Thank you so much for having me. No, back. I this had was... a blast, man. I, that was... Hey, you, 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 broke me down into areas I never thought I'd be talking about. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> broke you down like, like you're a wild stallion. <laughs> oh, God. your mouth to God's ears. Oh well, thank you very much. I, I, I uh, that, that's very kind. Again, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, is, is there anything that's coming up beso- uh, besides you? you know, your tours and your shows. Oh, Raina, thank you so much for those claps. I have the, the alerts. Yeah, off. no,
2: probably. Yeah. So probably I'd be doing a terrible job. If I, if I didn't say again, stream sweet woman. Um, it's out now on whatever your favorite streaming service is.
1: Drop that um, link again, folks,
2: go um, out and get it. Um, the, If you're in the Hartford area tomorrow, Thursday night, we will be at the Parkville market where we are every month for the second Thursday of the month. We will be at the greatest bar this Friday. This Friday on Friend Street in Boston. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else big. Yeah, we'll be at Smutty Nose Brewing Company on July 23rd for the bikes and beers. Um, uh, yeah, we'll be in <laughs> Town Beach in Connecticut. Uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff coming up. Go to our website, thedilemmaband.com, for even more updates um, and for more places where you can find our streaming and other various, you know, gorgonizers. I don't know, gormandizers.
1: Go out and get yourself Um, some Dilemma Band, Uh, y'all. Man, thank you so much. And uh, if you're listening on the audio, I made sure to drop the links in the show notes. So go and make sure you get in those show notes and support your boy, Corey Riemann. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much, Corey, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and... And, and, and for you giving us your truths and your deep knowledge of rock and roll history that was a fun chat i had a great time and make sure you guys are going to the dilemma.com or i think hold on let me make sure that's right i think it is called the make sure you go check it out links are in the show notes of course go check out their latest single that they have out it's it's a good time which um i didn't even mention it dear god come on mike Let's get get your shit together, bro. Um, hold on, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking for. Give me a second. I'm, I'm such a I'm such a skeezer. I, I just can't keep my shit together here. All right, well, I'm I'm just failing right now, so that's what's going on. Just give me a second here, you. Lovely human beings, you. Uh, how 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 is your week going? Are you guys ready for the weekend? You guys ready to kick it and do it big? Uh, hold on, <laughs> Corey, Raymond, and the Dilemma Band. It's called Sweet Woman, so go check it out. Sweet Woman is up, their latest single. Make sure you are listening and glistening that song. Run it up, run it up. I'll leave a link in the show notes, y'all. Okay, friends, uh, that's about it out of me. I got to say, I went to the Chinese buffet today and way over it. It was just absolutely ridiculous. I probably got about seven plates of food. And I ate most of all of it. So I'm feeling pretty fat. But I did a bunch of squats today. So maybe that will even it all out. I doubt it. But hey, we can hope. A fat boy can hope. All right, gang. I love you guys. You be good to your fellow human beings. H.J.'s for everybody. I'll see you guys next week.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. A lovely, lovely
1: goodbye.
0: Oh, my God. I'm failing.